Aubameyang finally hauls, as predicted. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we will go over our reactions to the game that just passed, although it's not quite finished yet, what players for the last six game weeks we will integrate with the listener questions, which I'm sure we'll go over the Ings sellers are cursing themselves at the moment with his race against Watford, Richarlson sellers, <coughs> Jossie uh, having regrets, uh, Pope keeps a rare clean sheet, again, United attack still very investable with Bruno proving he can play with Pogba and still provide points and Aubameyang is back to his scoring ways. Okay, welcome back listeners to the 175th episode of the FPL Surgery podcast recording on Wednesday the 1st of July 2020. Iceman here again, back with my co-host Stefan. Welcome back Stefan, well done on the captain hall this game week. Yeah, thanks. It was finally good to get Aubameyang to score a goal and I. it's just like you can't believe it when you first see it. Then it happened again, so very much uh, thanks to the Norwich defense and Cruel for giving away the chances. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I think I'm, equ- I think I'm equally happy that I'm going to sell Aubameyang now. Finally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happy less, for the point pain. and happy to to move on. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's going from your back to basics thinking as well, wasn't it? Where you just said, uh, "I'm not going to overthink it." Aubameyang's got the best fixture. He normally plays every game. You just thought. Go for it, and it's worked out nicely, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, we were maybe a bit lucky today, but we were a bit unlucky before, and he wasn't that bad against the other teams. Yeah. Especially Brighton, he could have gotten something. So yeah, this got... time, patient rewarded us. So let's so hope it continues for the rest of the season. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So this week's guest is an FPL fanatic of 15 years plus. He's a contributor on our partner Fantasy Football Hub. All he does is bank build, but he does have three top 10k finishes, two top 2.5k finishes with his best being 1914 overall. We had you at the start of last season in game week five, I believe. Welcome back to the podcast, John Lambert, Ricky's cousin, aka Jossie. <laughs> thanks, James. Thanks, Iceman. Yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice um, to have you back. Um, you, you mentioned that you're Ricky's cousin earlier, didn't you? Yeah, sort of know what you say, tongue in cheek. Well, from the same city. Yeah. Um, oh, are you really? Well, I- in the slightest. Oh, nice. Well, nice to have you. Nice to have you back. I'm sure you've got a lot to say on uh, reactions to the game we've just gone. But we're just going to mention our patrons quickly. So we have Andy Portlock, Vince Paul, Ron Foss, all pledging at the highest tier. So they get a special mention. If you want to help support the surgery, it's patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Now we're going to get straight on with it and we're going to go back to the topics. Right, so reactions to the game week just passed then. So, as I mentioned, the Ing sellers, they'll be cursing themselves with his brace he scored, Richarlson sellers as well, Jossie. They have regrets as as he scored against Leicester. Pope, he keeps a rare clean sheet and the sky is blue. A United attack, they're investable because of Bruno and he can still play with Pogba. And Aubameyang's back to his scoring way. Just going to quickly list the stats as well. So far, because we've still got tomorrow's games to go, but biggest overachiever was Ings scoring two from an XG of 0.10 and the most underachiever according to XG was Adams for Southampton on 0.39 XG and the highest for shots so far has been uh, McNeil for Burnley and Bruno both on only four each. Uh, The most shots for a team was actually Crystal Palace against Pope's Burnley and the second most uh, bonus point system points was Greenwood just behind Ings and another little stat which someone gave to me just as we were coming on was one goal in 10,090 minutes for Southampton one goal in 229 seconds for Arsenal and that is Cedric so going to come to you first on this then Stefan what are your thoughts on what's just kind of gone on and you know Ings Aubameyang Pope United what are your thoughts on how the game is going so far uh, first off I think uh, the Pope train is just going to roll on like this until the end of the season mm. Burnley doesn't have any attackers left so they just basically play with I think ending the game uh, they had like six defenders on there because they had to play a couple of defenders in midfield just to field 11 and got some injuries. Mm. So they uh, they were pretty toothless uh, going forward. So I, th- I think most 
most importantly maybe from that game is that uh, you can be pretty confident your defenders against Burnley or goalkeepers will get a clean sheet by the looks of it. I mean, the only problem is, is that they do have pretty tough fixtures towards the end of the season now, don't they? It's not, it's not really that great. They, they for don't them as really. A team. You they don't reckon? Really. You reckon they, they're easy? What, no. So they, they Liverpool and Sheffield United, Sheffield United at home, they can't score much goals. <laughs> West Ham away, they can't score a lot. And then the Liverpool game, you just have to hope for a penalty save or something, so you can scratch that game. Hmm. But then it's Wolverhampton at home, and we, we saw how Wolverhampton struggled against Aston Villa this week. And then Norwich Norwich and Brighton to round off the season. So I think Pope, we can do it in pretty much each of these games except Liverpool. You yeah. never know with uh, Pope, Burnley, and uh, they, they have found a mojo and... They're suddenly back fighting for a European spot, I think. Yeah, they're doing what Burnley do, really, don't they? Just keep teams out and manage to keep a clean sheet. What are your thoughts on Pope, Jossie? I'm going to call you Jossie oh, for the rest oh, of the podcast. Look, I think it's a similar story to most people in, in the, the hardcore community. In the in the run-up to playing my wild card when I was playing unlimited transfers, playing the bench boost, there was no doubt in my mind he was 100% my wild card keeper. And... <laughs> um, until the City game and talk of contract problems and and they did look awful against City. I know it's City, but um, and then they never considered them again. And then it was Foster or Dubravka, Foster or Dubravka, and it kind of hasn't mattered which one I picked. They've both been useless, um, and I'm kicking myself. Who would you choose until the end of the season? Now then, who's the best keeper to the end of the season? Yeah, who do you reckon? If if I was on another wild card. I think I'd take Pope right now. I think I've made a mistake there. I mean, again, you you touched on it, Stefan, that the way Burnley play, they invite plenty of shots. The the defence don't get very many bonus or BPS because they, they hoof it long. So it plays perfectly into Pope's hands. And we've known this. So quite why uh, I overthought it, I, I don't know. But so many of us did. Um, so I think I'd take Pope now. Yeah. Yeah, let's bring up the, the other things I mentioned there then. So Ings, obviously, he was playing against Watford. You didn't ideally want to remove him, but a lot of people were moving him out for the likes of Aubameyang. Some people moved him out for Nketiah, I think. What were your thoughts on Ings at the moment, Stefan? And for Ings, if you, if you have him, I don't think you can sell him. Yeah, now, I know a few people that still have him. So the big the bigger question is, do you even buy him at this point? Uh, I think it was said uh, that he was going to get six more chances to get the top yeah. scoring title or the golden boot. Yeah, he did, yeah. That that means he's going to start six games and that has always been a worry about Ings, the game time. But then again, it's uh, City, Everton and United, the next three. Uh, so you would, <laughs> would imagine it will be tough to score against those teams. But at the same time, if anyone can do it, Ings can do it. And... Uh, at least for my part, I'm looking at bringing him in for the last three game mix against uh, Brighton, Bournemouth, and Sheffield United. Yeah, and that is something to consider because if you have if you have a spot up top um, ready to go, you might save yourself a transfer by transferring Ings already now and not wait until later. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a tricky one. The fixtures couldn't be worse. Yeah, short no. run. I think for me. <sighs> If I didn't have a, a, a shortage of Man City attackers at the moment, I'd be considering getting them in straight away. At the moment, the priority is I don't have KDB because I took him out short term on wild card. I'm also looking at do I want Mares. So for now, he's down the pecking order, particularly with those next three fixtures. But without a shadow of a doubt, before the end of the season, I, I expect to have him in my lineup here, but perhaps for the last three. Yeah, I think, I mean, looking at him against Arsenal, he wasn't that great. And it was against Arsenal, so we've not got the best defence. And I think Man City, Everton and United all probably have better defenders uh, than Arsenal do. So that's why I'm thinking, yeah, like you say, not really for the next three. But yeah, uh, like you say, Stefan, towards the end, then you're going to want to bring him in. I know Hassan Hootel did say he's going for the golden boot now. He's going to be playing the last six. It's whether or not he's going to be fit enough to do that. But he's played the whole season so far. And everyone thought that he was going to get injured at some point. 
you know, these <laughs> he's chasing the golden boot, he's playing every game. He can score against nearly anyone. There's hit and misses either way for, for going in. I, I, I won't be yet, but yeah, I will be looking towards those last three. It's annoying because I removed him for Aubameyang. It's just I was you know repaid with how Aubameyang did in the end. But uh, on, on, on City then, on City, you talked about John uh, bringing in City players. Mm. So, uh, so the priority of that, I think that's an interesting discussion because I'm currently having no City players and... I'm not sure if I am going to bring in a city player either in the short term. Okay. So I think that's an interesting discussion. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I presume you're looking at and thinking the rotation risk. You may get them one every other week. Um, are there other assets that can deliver? I mean, is that the, the, the viewpoint that you're coming from in terms of not really wanting to jump on? Yeah, the thing is, uh, when we saw the games versus Arsenal and Burnley to start off the the season again, he pretty much uh, switched out, was it eight or nine players from the first to the second game? Mm. And he played his strongest team against um, Newcastle in the FA Cup. Now it's Liverpool, and who's to say they are not going to rotate uh, a bit more? So I, I may be thinking, you, you won't get every game from the City guys. You might get uh, some some minutes maybe from uh, De Bruyne each and every game week, but other than that, it, it's, let's say it this way, it's tough to captain De Bruyne now, isn't it? Yeah, True. yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I did take a look at the stats since they've been back as well, just as thinking, well, is anyone really outshining other players like Sterling or De Bruyne? But you, you look at the likes of Bruno Fernandes on like 11 shots. De Bruyne's on eight so far since we've been back from the break. You know, Sterling's all the way down there on five. So you, there's nothing which you're thinking, you know, one player is definitely a must-have other than maybe De Bruyne because you hope that he's going to get the minutes. But like you say, it's difficult to captain him as well. Um Yeah, I... I, I'm on wild cards soon, and I'm thinking, well, they've got juicy fixtures. They, you know, any one of those players can score high, but it's just hard to tell who who is. I mean, Mares is now coming to the fore a little bit more than usual because we know that Sane is definitely on his way to to Germany. So, is is that something which sways you a little bit more, Stefan? Maybe the fact that yeah, you're it, getting it, game time from those players. Yeah, but I think uh, somehow you could argue that it's it's okay to have some city players, but you might as well have Foden as okay as Mars or De Bruyne or Bernardo or David Silva. Just pick the cheapest one. And you could also argue that you can have David Silva over someone more expensive if you want to save some cash because these players will be rotated, I guess, and they will play sort of equal minutes somehow. And the big thing for me was De Bruyne going off after 70 minutes or something against Arsenal, and then he didn't even start the next game. That was a big surprise to me. So so who knows what Pep is going to do, and the downside by not having the biggest players like De Bruyne could be huge, but if you go for an expensive one like in, say, Sterling, he's 7 million, I think almost 7 million more, more than Foden. I don't think that's worth it. Worth it. So it's more of a shout of Foden, and if I could s- squeeze Foden Morris in somehow, maybe that would be a good combination. And, and I see guys that have also gone for three City players, and that also makes sense in a in a strange way because you know at least one or two of them will play each and every game, and that doesn't look so bad. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at everything. Oh, sorry, go on, Josie. You go. I was just going to say that is the scary thing when you look at that fixture list of cities. It's, it's fixtures where they can score four or five goals most weeks. Um, and if one or two of those assets does go big, it, it could really hurt you. Um, so you, you're going to say? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, because I was looking at my wild card, I'm, I thought, well, I'll just triple up on the city and go De Bruyne, Mares or Sterling and uh, Foden. But Stefan does have a good point. You know, Sterling being 11.7 and Mares being only 8.5, then I think I'd rather take that, that risk a little bit more um, with Mares. So I, I do look at it and think there, there are going to be goals. It's just who's it going to come from? Yeah, the way I, where I'm positioned at the moment, it's it's kind of worth the risk for me. Whereas if you're high up, I'm assuming it's probably not 
well, it's not really worth it for you, is it? If you, if you talk about the risk, by the way, uh, you have to have you can maximum have five midfielders, and Bruno, I think Bruno needs to be one. Yeah. And other than that, if you talk about players, you can hurt you if you go without Salah, and he starts against Villa or Burnley or Brighton or even Newcastle in the um, in game week thirty eight. And he could even do damage against Arsenal. Uh, if he goes off, uh, you're going to drop pretty far as well. So we pretty much need... I think you... I don't think you need anything, but uh, you should maybe have Salah, and that leaves you with three spots. So it's uh, excluding Martial, for example. So I it's s- not easy to to I, fill them. I suppose that brings in uh, Jesus into the, to the question as well. Is Jesus going to be more of an option now? I know he's been... Uh, bench for a game that we thought he was going to play, but yeah, you know, is he going to come in now and provide some points for us? What, what do you reckon, Jesus over Rashford, for example? Jossie, what are your thoughts on that? I'm nervous about Jesus. I mean, I think his price. When you're talking about um, the value you can get from Mars and whether it's worth getting a lower cost City asset, he's, he's quite pricey. Um, I think Jesus, and as you say. Pep's already shown that he's not. He doesn't necessarily have to play him in the absence of Aguero. Um, so at the moment, I, I toy with the idea, but I don't think. I think he's he's probably a good um, differential if you are chasing a bit. I don't think I'm going to go there personally. Yeah, the, I mean, just the one stat which I always kind of look to over the season. You look at Aguero, the amount of minutes that he's got. He's right up there for you know minutes per chance uh, on. 19.2 then Jesus is just below him on 20.5 you know even above the likes of Jimenez Abraham Rashford etc whenever he gets on the pitch he always has chances and there's always that element of well he's just going to tuck away a few tappings just like you know Sterling did last year he was always at the back post just you know, getting those tappings yeah you're just hoping that the amount of chances that City create that he would be on the end of them um, St- um Stefan your thoughts on that yeah, I'm with John here. I think it's... I, I don't know. I don't think I can recommend Jesus. I fell for him in all my free hit when the Aguero news uh, came out that he wasn't going to start. Uh, and that wasn't a pleasant uh, two games to watch. So going by my own feelings of owning Jesus and wanting him to do well, uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't fancy him. So the, the midfielders are the way to go. And maybe we should pick up on something that Pep said before the season that uh, he mentioned three guys in particular and it was uh, Sterling, Morris and I think Foden? Was it Foden? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure about the last one but he said those kind of guys can play a lot and handle a lot of minutes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, So well, well, so everyone else is even more rotation prone. <laughs> touching on that, I mean, Morris has played every game since the restart, hasn't he? And he's coming off early 60-odd minutes, I presume, to keep him fresh because he, he's... He's wanting to play him at the moment. Um, yeah. So he, he does seem one of the most nailed players, which was not how we saw it when we were all uh, uh, picking our wildcard team at the start. Uh, I'd also say I've got a pretty good feeling that Pep may use this running now as a really good opportunity to give Foden a lot of minutes. I think he could be almost first team for the running to, to bed him into the team. He needs to get minutes in advance of David Silva hanging up his boots at the end of the season. And he, and he, he could be a starter. Yeah. 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 That's why he's been in nearly all my wildcard drafts at the moment as well. Um, I'm still so, gone. So, so uh, I can agree with that. So if we were to recommend a couple of guys on the wildcard, thinking only about how to maximise your points, uh, maybe Morris and Foden would be the way to go. And then you can let... Fear and protection of rank and everything else go into the De Bruyne pick, but uh, okay, he takes penalties as well. well it's tricky to go without him. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> he's the best player in the Prem. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's difficult to go without him, knowing the amount of points that he can score. But let's—I uh, think that's enough on City now. So let's move to the other side of Manchester then. So uh, United, like I've listed at the start, that they're still very investable. Yeah, with Bruno now proving that he can play 
and score points of Pogba on the pitch, just listing kind of what happened in that match just gone. So Bruno got the four attempts in that game. Pogba only got the one. And you look at the chances that Bruno created. Pogba created two chances. Bruno only created one. But yeah, he was just in and amongst their play going forward quite a lot. And he just he looks like such a good player to have. I think his price next year is going to be inflated massively. But what are your thoughts on who to go for at the United? I'm going to kind of incorporate this with a couple of questions that we had. Um, Alex from our Slack is just saying, thoughts on Rashford or Marshall in this week, if you can only have one? Uh, would like um, would be a change likely to be 3-5-2 if he goes Marshall? Uh, also, is it viable to go with three United tackers over a defender? So, Joshua, your thoughts on that? Man United at the moment are a minefield. I think there's so many great options. That I think you can make a case. I, I think it's um, structure-specific. You can easily make a case for uh, Greenwood up front instead of Rashford mm-hmm. if you want to go um, big five-man midfield. Um, at the moment, I've gone three attackers. I've got Martial, I've got Rashford, I've got Fernandez, And I'm kind of kicking myself I've not got Wan-Bissaka in there. Um, because again, what we're seeing at the moment is the defences are, are really delivering across the board, and and he picks up one assist, a couple of bonus points, and, he, and he's hauled. Um, so for me, as you've said, Fernandez is I think near essential now. He, obviously, last week he wasn't because he blanked. This week he's essential again. Um, but I think John Penalty is on set pieces. He's got to stay. Then it, it's structure dependent. I brought Martial in this week for Rashford, sorry, for Richarlison. And I wonder now whether I've been a bit rash there, but um, but I'm really excited about a triple United against Bournemouth next week, considering what Newcastle have just done to them. So if you were to ask me now, I'd, I'd, if I was wildcard now, I think I'd have Greenwood instead of Rashford. Yeah. And I'd have Martial and Hernandez. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that, the, the Greenwood-Rashford thing. We brought that up in our Slack briefly. I think that a lot of people are going for Greenwood. He's not proven completely yet. You know, he's not like Rashford has and scored, you know, braces and you know, assisted mm. in the same game. Rashford could have had two assists and two goals in game four last. Not to say that Greenwood's not a good option. I think he's a very good option. And I am also considering him from a wild card as well. It's just that I think overall as a player, Rashford, you know, regardless of price, is a better player than Greenwood currently because he's proven to us and we know he can score goals. And we know that he's probably nailed. We're not 100% sure that Greenwood is nailed. He should be now because of the way he's playing. He scored. He had five shots, which was the most in the last game. He got the... Uh, three bonus points as well and he did play very well and he looks a player it doesn't look out of place at all um it's just the price difference is massive isn't it stefan we were talking about that earlier and you were definitely set on him at the moment aren't you yeah the, the game yesterday first off the lineup in the fa cup where greenwood didn't start you can correct me and fact check me on that but i didn't think they uh, he started that showed something and him starting again yesterday um, and doing very well. Uh, I think James is just not close to getting into the first eleven at this point. It has to be some kind of fitness issue or something with Greenwood that keeps him out of the team. Because why would Solskjaer uh, change this team now? I don't believe in it. And the other thing, if we keep the, the um, theoretically best team in mind with regards to the wildcard talk we just had, going, for example... Van Bissaka, Bruno and Greenwood as your three United assets will actually make up room to have that triple city midfield if you would like, along with Salah and Bruno. So uh, if I were to pick on the wild card today, I think I would go on with those three. Uh, as John said, the, they have some easy matches and they will get some clean sheets for sure. And Van Bissaka has been very good lately at actually moving forward and trying to hit those crosses and the crosses he has seen it has also been pretty good yeah so he he's uh, he's coming into it whereas earlier in the season he, he just didn't move up at all and he was like stuck there behind 
I remember owning him for a bunch of weeks in the fall, and he he basically never offered anything going forward. And his but delivery was not good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got yeah, a he lot better. He didn't even deliver. Yeah. He didn't try to deliver anything. He was just uh, focusing on, on his tackles in the defensive part of the yeah. game. Yeah, he, he does look to try and take players on as well. I saw him trying a few stepovers in the last game as well. He created two chances. Yeah, and obviously yeah. got um, the one assist. Did he get the one assist? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a yeah. cheap one, but he can uh, he can easily get some more assists until the end of the season and the bonus points also. Yeah. But so personally, I, I'm gonna I'm already invested in Martial and Fernandez, and I need to sell Aubameyang, so I will end up with triple United attack, even though I like uh, Van Bissaka or even Maguire for that reason. Yeah, I think I agree with you with the uh, having a defender and then going Bruno and. Greenwood just seems too much of a bargain to not go for at the moment with the five million price difference between the two and Rashford. I just think, yeah, he would be the one to go for at the moment. But who knows? In a couple of weeks' time, we might be saying the complete opposite and that we're just being silly and we got dazzled by his current form. So, you know, it all could change within a couple of weeks. Just, you know, be wary of that. I think that answers a few other questions that we had we have one here from uh, fpl dc and uh, one from mark at m bison 22 just saying best combination of man united players so hopefully we've answered them um i think we're going to move on now to kind of the the players uh, for the last six game weeks and you know, listeners listener questions so we're just going to roll down the listener questions and integrate our thoughts with this so we have one here from ollie Lewinsky from our slack saying mo salah or no salah and is it worth going for nailed on play on a wild card rather than rotational risks. Now, uh, we've heard Stefan's thoughts on Salah and he reckons that is almost a must. What were your thoughts, Jossie? Um, well, I'm, I'm obviously a Liverpool fan. Mm. Um, and I have Congratulations, to say... Congratulations, Mario. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we waited a long time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was I was unsure about Mane Salah, Mane Salah running up to me wild card and I plumped for Salah I've been a Mane owner for a lot of the season, but I plumped for Salah because I thought he'd be hungry for the um, for the Golden Boot. And I have to be honest, the the hunger that he showed against Crystal Palace was like I haven't seen all season. He was he was so fired up, he was going for everything, and I can see that that wanting him to to get the Golden Boot. And I I I don't see him missing many games. Um, I mean, who who's who's to say? Um, I can't be certain, but I don't see him missing too many games. I think he wants to play. I think he wants to get that golden boot. And he looked electric um, against Crystal Palace. So for me, at the moment, unless we start seeing mass rotation for, from Klopp, I don't see the point in selling. And the, the frustration with this kind of scenario is, if you do see Salah benched, it's not the right time to sell him because like the others, he won't be benched next game. And we've only got a short run now. We've got six games left plus a free hit, or at least I have. Um, uh, so, yeah, Salah's a given for me for the time being until we see him being, until we see him putting B teams out, which I don't see it. Yeah. yeah. And what about uh, the question that you mentioned there on is it worth going for nailed players on the wild card rather than differential uh, rotation risks? Yeah, look, yeah, I think you do want to be going for nail players. The, the challenge with um, a non-nail player at the moment is the likelihood of a, of a 20-minute cameo and a one-pointer is pretty high with five subs. Um, if he's anywhere near the first team, the likelihood is he'll be one of the guys who comes on for, for a 20-minute run-out. So I think it is important to have nail players, even more so maybe than it is to have a strong bench. Because I think as we've talked about before, um, the, the likelihood that you're dipping into your bench is is maybe less. Um, yeah, nail, absolutely. I'd be thinking about nail players. Unless you're looking at, you're trying to take some wild punts to get yourself up the, up the ranks. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Stefan, your thoughts on Mo Salah or no Salah? I think I know your answer already. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm in big support of Mo Salah and... The, the thing about City rotation, they have players they can rotate, but how likely is it Liverpool start against Aston Villa with Minamino up top and Origi on the left with Elliot on the right? I, I, I don't see that happen. Or, or maybe Oxlade on the right. 
if that happens, it won't happen more than like say one game of the last six. And whereas uh, a guy like Bruno Fernandes has played a bunch of minutes, hasn't United played three games plus the 120 in the FA Cup, and people didn't doubt him to start now. And Salah has played 90 minutes so far. We we record ahead of the City game, and he will play 90 plus the City game. But still, he will have played the least of everyone, and he's fit as hell. <laughs> Him and Mane, they could basically play a game yeah, every second, third day uh, for, for quite a while. And I have done with the Champions League and everything. You, so you mentioned the big something thing, about both um, Mane and Salah at one point. I know you've mentioned that on the Slack channel. What, just express your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm given that I need to get rid of Aubameyang, and Greenwood suddenly became an option uh, uh, other than Rashford yesterday. I'm in the position where I can sell Sar and get either Mane or De Bruyne in, for example. Uh, so I'm tempted to go with the Mane. Uh, I'm a Liverpool fan as well, so that is clouding my judgment a bit, of course. But uh, I've already congr- I still think, congratulated you. Not getting yeah, but no, 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 no. That's not the point. But the thing is, uh, my uh, sort of clever thinking that might be not so clever is that if Salah is benched against Villa, he will become instantly the best captain option for the next game week. Yeah. And if uh, and if Mane is benched the next game week, okay, he can be a secure best option for the game week after that. So and and I don't like John says. I don't say I don't think uh, they will rotate too much with Mane and Salah until the end of the season. There's six games. The midfield will be rotated a bit. People will be subbed basically every game, but that also happens with the likes of uh, Greenwood, uh, the likes of Fernandes, Bruno, Martial. They yanked off as soon as they get a comfortable lead so that will be the same for everyone so I think uh, uh, I think definitely have Mo Salah it it will be bad if he starts against Villa and you don't even own him Yeah, yeah, I agree with all your thoughts there I think we'll move on to the next question now so one here from Mark H from our Slack as well saying is Wolves defence double up a better option than having Traore uh, who looks like he will continue to be rotated. Thoughts on that, Jossie? Yes. <laughs> yes, simple answer. Yeah, I, I, it's difficult the, when there's so much rotation. I've got the Wolves myself, yeah. uh, and they do look great at the moment. I'm I'm not convinced about Traore personally. I know he's, he tends to deliver when he comes on, but he, he seems to be used as an impact sub, um, which runs a severe risk of a one-pointer. Um, and he comes on, he gets an assist, he might pick you up five, but the, the, the likes of size, Bolly, even Johnny now, Johnny, um, delivering with some attacking returns. Um, yeah, personally, I'm at the moment on Trent with the double Wolves defence. Who have you got? Kind of bad, um, one Masaka, but, but now it's doing me well. Who, who have you got from Wolves again, sorry? Doherty and size oh, have okay. got. If, if you could choose any from the Wolves defence, would it be those two? Yes, I think it would. Yeah. What about you, Stefan? Would it be those two if you had to choose from any? Yeah, I agree. Size is good on the bonus points, better than Bolly, so he gets the nod. You say that, but Bolly beat um, him over the... It was a game for last or the first game back or something. Yeah. Um, Most games, size has been better. Yeah. Got the bonus. I think I agree with that. bonus the other day with the yellow card. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll get it too as well. Um, yeah, Troy is. But the problem is with not going trial is that you can you can tell one of these game weeks he's going to get a bit of a haul and then everyone will be talking about him. But it's just you never know when that's going to come as well. Uh, and with all this rotation going on, it's difficult to tell how many minutes he gets. I mean, you look at the last games that he's got, 30 minutes in the last game. It was 72 before that. And it was 26-26 in the two games before that. So you're just not really yeah you're not sure that he's going to get those minutes so yeah I'm i think hoping. the important point is we as we talked about before those midfield slots at the moment are really valuable there's so many good assets in yeah, midfield true. yeah 
I don't want to waste one on Sky. Yeah. Well, next question is from J Rolls from our Slack as well. He's saying better Orber replacement Rashford or Greenwood plus uh, the 4.8 million. So yeah, we, I think we expressed our thoughts on that. I think Greenwood and the 4.8 looks to be the better options, knowing that you can get a better midfield with all those options that we've got in midfield at the moment. Uh, you agree on that, guys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next question is from our very own FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles One. He's saying, "Which is the best week for the bench boost?" Now, Stefan, you've got your bench boost left. I don't think you've got yours left, have you, Jossie? I don't. I I use mine very well in thirty. <laughs> yeah. So, Stefan, who who? Which week are you looking at now? I know you were looking at uh, the week just gone before uh, you got some injuries and. Uh, something to your uh, keeper, etc. When, when are you looking at now? Yeah, the thing is, for me, I wildcarded the game week 29 before the shutdown. And in that wildcard, I had the plan for a bench boost. It wasn't a great bench boost, but it was a bench boost. Uh, but that plan fell through as I got some injuries and some players benched. And looking at it now, I don't have the wildcard left. So my only option, and I think this is the only real game week to go for, and that is game week 38. And the simple reason being that that is the only game week where a lot of teams get a full week's rest, and it's the last game Good of the point. season, so I would suggest it is easier to guess the lineups that week. I would be very surprised if the likes of Liverpool would start a second team after a week's rest, for example. And uh, so that that's my aim, gaming 38. And I hope for 15 healthy players and Foden to start. Yeah. And also, uh, the, the fun point about gaming 38 is it's the last game at Etihad for David Silva. Who you're so bringing in. Uh, you're, you're set on bringing in. Yeah, in, you? he's a good a good shout for that game week as well. Yeah, yeah no, I have uh, I did have game week 36 in mind. Um, just because I've got a few players in mind, Southampton playing Brighton, mentioned this a few times, a few episodes before. But I think when I wildcard, I will just play it when I know my players are playing. When you know, when you get those inklings that someone's been taken off the game week before, and then you know that your bench is going to play. Just try and play it when you know you've got a, a bench. I think is is my advice. Uh, Jossie, what's yours? Yeah, no, I think make a great point there because my, my view on the bench boost, and this is why I always try and play it in a double week, which obviously that ship sailed, is mm-hmm. because one player sits and doesn't get a start and it's 25% of your bench gone. Uh, and that's the real risk at the moment. So I think you're right. If, if there looks to be a week when you're fairly confident everyone's going to get a run out, then that, now's the time to do it sooner rather than later. But 38, I think, would be a really good shout if we do get lineups and we are a bit more secure, um, knowing that we're going to get the 15 out. I think, it, again, it's very much case by case. And I think the biggest focus, as you rightly say, James, is making sure you're going to get your bench all playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great point about the last game week, as you said, John, because that is the only game week we have a chance to actually get a bunch of lineups before the deadline. Absolutely. So if you're sat there with a couple of free transfers, you can probably manage to get your 15 men out there. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, good thoughts. Um, we've got one here from Mark at Bison 22 saying, is Phil Foden a gift? And he's also asking, where are the opportunities for some serious points in the final six games? So which fixtures, I think, is more or less the question there, which we really think are going to provide something? Um, gonna, what was Stefan, the first one there, Phil Foden, is he a gift? Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't think he should play a lot less than the other city guys and he's uh, basically extremely cheap, so he he seems like a great option. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Jossie, that yeah, he's probably going to get a lot more game time as well. Um, so what are your thoughts, Jossie, on the opportunities for serious points in the final six game? Which, which fixtures are you targeting? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we, we've kind of touched on it. Man United have got a fantastic run of fixtures. They've got something to play for. They've got great form. So I think Man United is... You, you, we, we need to be looking at who's got something to play for now with great fixtures. So I think we're looking at Man United, um, Chelsea, um, perhaps their attack more than the defence looking at tonight's game. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Pulisic, I think he, he could um, get some points for the run-in. 
city, some fantastic pictures. It's 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 the old um, it's, it's the teams we all know have got a great run. Wolves as well, although I think you you made a very good point before, Stefan. That Wolves looked a little bit leggy the other night against Villa, and time will tell whether that continues. But they've not got a ton of goals in them, so perhaps defense is where we will pick up a few points with Wolves. Yeah, I um, I mean, like, which fixes do you reckon then? We'll come to you on this one. Back to you, Stefan. Which ones do you reckon have got loads of points in them? Are we talking triple captain then? Yeah, let's let's, let's bring that to the triple cap. We've got a triple captain question actually. So, yeah, which fixture do you reckon uh, would be the ideal triple captain? I think uh, you can play it for De Bruyne when you know he starts. Say he gets a rest against uh, Southampton, you can play that against Newcastle. Or if he gets a rest against Brighton, you can play it against Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah. Or if all things go to hell, you can always play it in gaming 38 against Norwich. Yeah. And yeah, the same same goes as yeah, so those teams. I think uh, Bournemouth, Norwich looks the worst, maybe, given that the Newcastle managed to somehow score four goals against Bournemouth. That doesn't <laughs> bode, bode well for them. Uh, maybe they will go down. Yeah. yeah. Man, and those those pictures. Cool. Yeah, and Aston Villa still may be a good fixture. I know the numbers have been better, but when I watched the game against Chelsea, I think they looked very chaotic. And I, I guess both Liverpool and Manchester United can do some real damage against Aston Villa. Yeah, it's been the last couple of weeks, um, well, since we've been back, that Villa have actually improved somewhat. What are your thoughts on, on, on that, Jossie, and targeting Villa? Because we were looking at doing that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of why I captain Jimenez this week, um, assuming, well, it's a comfortable fixture. But you're right, they have looked defensively better. Um, it seems to be all they've got at the moment because they've they not got a lot up the other end of the pitch. I don't see them being defensively strong against the Liverpool, though. Um, I mean, we talked about Crystal Palace being a fairly st- solid side. And to be honest, they set up quite solid against Liverpool this week. But eventually, we just broke them down and we were too strong for them. And, and I don't see Villa probably being able to keep us out for any length of time. Yeah. Just, just, if just I, to... Go on, sorry. Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, well, if I were to be holding a triple captain right now, I think I'd probably be looking at next week. A United player, a Liverpool player versus Villa uh, just look like really good fixtures this week. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Just to put into perspective, um, since we've been back from the break, Sheffield United have the highest for big chances conceded on nine. Man City are actually second on eight. But Villa are, only, are down there on three big chances conceded since we've been back from the break. And Liverpool are top on just the one big chance conceded, along with Wolves and United and Brighton, actually. So that's just to kind of put where how well Villa have done since we've been back, though. But yeah, that kind of answers um another question we had on uh, Neil at uh, Ramos plays FPL said I have triple captain left any ideas for that so it looks like yeah, this game week is probably a good one to use it on if you want to go with the Man United assets against Bournemouth or City uh, assets who's playing Villa sorry uh, Liverpool are playing Villa sorry, yeah. um, and City have Brighton do they is that they're oh. way to Southampton uh, yeah. they are yeah yeah true yeah. maybe not they're kind of but the thing about the thing about Liverpool is I, I will comfortably captain Salah, but I know there's a risk he won't start. And that risk is, of course, magnified if you play the triple captain. So that would be my only slight worry about that one. Yeah. Okay, so that will be it for the questions. So if we didn't get to your questions, we're trying to make these pods a little bit shorter just to give people time to actually listen to them. But I'm actually dying for a piss. So we're going to go for the Iceman's piss. I'll be right back. Welcome back from the Iceman's Piss Break. Partner chat now, so Mikhail Tokvam's algorithm. So he has looked at my team and he is saying, considering the horrible state of your defence and bench and the fact that 
or Aubameyang should go, he reckons that I should wildcard, which I was looking to maybe hold off or maybe not. I just wanted to make sure I was cemented on all my decisions. Anyway, it looks like his optimal wildcard for my team value would be, I think it's Martinez and a 4.0 goalkeeper. He's looking at around 8.5 for two keepers. Then Wambasaka, Van Dijk, Doherty, Bolly and Holgate in defence. And in midfield, it would be Bruno, Salah, Marshall, Son and Foden. So no KDB, which is notable. Then up front would be Rashford, Jesus and Greenwood. Well, that's not possible, is it? Because that's four Man United players. <laughs> but, but Kerry, you didn't think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. Enketria in there or something for Greenwood. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Somehow managed to get KDB in for Martial or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll take a look at that. Um, if you want to know my wildcard, it will be posted on our, our Slack channel. Right, if you want to hear more from Mikael, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just $1.50 per month. So we are also partnered with Fancy Football Hub as uh, Jossie is, and there is a free trial going on at the moment. So if you want to sign up, go to fancyfootballhub.co.uk. And we are also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles 1 on Twitter. Some great drawings on there, which we share with the podcast. Right, Traptons, transfers and captains and best choice of captains. So FPL underscore auto underscore pick at FPL auto is put. Uh, and who to captain if you have three United attacking assets against this Bournemouth team, which Howe looks to be shot at the moment, considering he's just lost 4-1 to Newcastle, and he's had that team for ages, and he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. So, Jossie, going to come to you first. Who's your transfer and captain for this week? Okay, well, it, it's obviously, it's a little bit dependent on what we see tomorrow night as well. At the moment, Sun's on the precipice of going out for KDB. I always had a plan to get KDB back in. Um, but it all depends. Does he play a full night minutes against Liverpool? Um, if he does and Mares gets a rest, perhaps I'll get Mares in instead. But somehow I, th- I feel like Sun's going to go for a City asset. So you, you're not quite sure yet then? <laughs> I, I, no, I can't be sure. I mean, if Sun goes and gets a brace tomorrow, then I'm not going to know where I stand. Um, um, me and Stefan were talking about it earlier. I actually... Um, yeah, no, I, there's potential I could even take a hit. But, um, Ooh, I'm, up, I'm up in the air. There's so many options. So, but Not decided the, the is what we're going on here. Yeah. And um, what about you then, Stefan? Anything you've decided on yet? Uh, I've decided on selling Aubameyang. That was the plan the whole time, and <laughs> yeah. he is going out. And most likely, I will bring in Greenwood, yeah. being well aware that he can be benched at any time, but at 4.3 million, I think you can afford a benching because it's it's very important to remember that the price is so cheap. You aren't expecting a lot if you can manage to get, say, 3.5 points for you over the next three games. That will be great for his price. Uh, Captain will be Salah, and I'm I'm thinking I'm going to bring in Mane. Uh, Sar, I was planning to play him a couple of games in 34 and 35, but now with the Greenwood option, I am transferring out Sar, I think. And in is Mane or De Bruyne. And I think I'm just going to stick with what I've been saying and go for Mane and just continue without City and hoping for the best. And if it doesn't go as planned, I have learned something and my rank is shit anyway, so I have nothing to lose. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, and would that be for a hit, would it? No, I have two free transfers. Oh, you do I'm, have two. I'm done, I'm, I'm done with the hits. <laughs> Not doing hits any hits anymore. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, fair enough. I think I would, uh, even if I do finish my wild card, I'll. I'll I don't know if I'm going to do it or not, but I would definitely be captaining Salah at the moment. I am quite tempted on Bruno though, but I think it, I think just that Villa game, it does depend on what happens tomorrow though, but that's my thoughts. Um, if you want to join our uh, podcast public league, our code is CCCJK2. It's still time to join. So come on down. We'll move on to our feedback box. So Chris Tan at Chris Tan FPL was put, I agree with at James Drury approach here. Why waste 
transferred on squad players at this stage. It's all about chasing the upside on players that you can captain with a high ceiling, attack the fixtures. Now, two reasons why I read out that feedback is because someone finally agreed with me, so I thought I'd highlight that. And uh, two is because Chris is uh, an FF Hub contributor and he has a baby on the way, so I'd like to congratulate him on his fantastic swimmers. <laughs> Jossie, you're... you're uh... Congratulations, Chris. Was that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, congratulations, Chris. <laughs> right. Uh, so we've got no Alexa afterthoughts um, this episode, but we do have another question from Adam from FF Hub Podcast. So he's saying to you, uh, Jossie, would you rather win FPL or have a higher team value than at FPL underscore equation? Law of averages, I normally would have a higher team value than FPL equation. So, Ooh, dig. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, um, I would love to win FPL. Yeah, yeah. Much as that goes against uh, my reputation. And then Flapjack is asking, is team value important? And he's giving you the eyes. Is team value? You know what? I think there's many ways to play the game. And many of the top, top players don't even consider it. Um, so you can play and ignore it. It's important to me. I, I um, <laughs> no, it's not important to be fair, but but I like playing that way. Yeah, fair. Really do. fair. <laughs> so we've got a random question here as well. Uh, Fantasy Guide FPL. He's another hub contributor. So he he's saying. Who is the next luncheon coming up from the promoted team? So we have done a championship pod already. So go back and listen to that. It is in one of the, uh, the episodes gone. But anyone who you can think of, uh, Stefan, anyone from championship? Or do you not know much about it? I don't know who is uh, coming up. I don't know any players on have the you, team. Have you so listened to the for- podcast? Come on. Uh, yeah, I listened to it, but that's <laughs> such a long time ago, and uh, I don't remember names so so quickly. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm looking forward to uh, to listening to the community tell, telling me who to go for as a punt the next season. Yeah, we always seem to find out if we just pay attention to what's going on, and people do talk, and then it, it always comes out eventually. Jossie, anyone that you know? Or well, no, I was good, just going to say, I always do do a bit of digging into the promoted sides, but I don't even consider it until the promotion teams are done, and then I'll start having a dig to see who had decent stats, who had decent turns. Um, the, the lately of this, though, those that turn up with... 15 assists, a dozen goals, other ones who are going to be highly priced. So, yeah, you need someone with a bit of insight who's going to say that £4 million player who's, yeah. who's going to come from nowhere. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do a podcast before and try and work out and bring on some guests in the know anyway. But um, we're going to bring it to an end of the episode now. So uh, to thank Jossie for coming on, uh, where can people get a hold of you? What's your Twitter handle, etc.? Uh, yeah, well, I'm on Twitter at FPL Jossie. That's J-O-S-S-Y. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You've been great as you were on Game Week 5. Uh, so if you would like if you liked what you heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so. Patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. You can join our mini league, as I mentioned, at CCCJK2. We've got a website, FPLSurgery.com. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter at FPL Surgery. And if you want to email me, it's info at FPLSurgery.com. So good luck in your game weeks, everyone. And Stefan? Up the pod, James. Up the pod, Stefan. Up the pod. We. Such a beautiful ending. Beautiful. Welcome back from the Iceland Spirit Break. We've got a uh, <laughs> <Pit> break. <laughs> Can't talk. <laughs>